Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We are back again. Yes, welcome back to another episode of A Little More Good. We got a good one this week. We sure do. It's... uh, Someone that we found through, man, Strava, I think, Strava or Instagram. YouTube, Strava, Instagram, one of the, one social, of the social media. Social, the internet. Yeah, you know, how you find friends now is just like the clicking and the liking and the sharing and the tagging. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this guy we stumbled across uh, through one avenue or another who was doing really inspiring things that uh, Zach and I both started right away um, getting really excited about uh, a young man named Austin Beatenbeck. Uh, he is uh, an amazing runner, which is how we first kind of got interested, made a short film about an epic run that he did. It's called Passages, and you can watch it on YouTube. And it chronicles a 400-mile run from just outside of Hope, BC, up the, uh, what is it, the Kettle Valley? The Kettle Valley tra- Trail, yeah. Yeah, up through, it's like the old the old trail through BC, Um and it's a 400 mile journey, like just over 600, well over 600 kilometers in, uh, in only a few days. So it was insane. And he, he made this video with some of his poetry and anyway, so we have him on the pod today. Great dude. We can just became like friends right away in real life. Uh, got out for, for a trail run or two and, uh, have been following him. Yeah. Ever since. And it's just been so cool to see what he's up to. Yeah. So amazing guy really is like a positive image of what modern masculinity should look like. He, he fuses spirituality and mindfulness with, with movement and, and exercise. And uh, he's a, he, he's really is a thought leader in the, in the running community in a lot of ways. Totally. Uh, we were just uh, messaging on the weekend and it's on Strava and I see Austin put down a beastly performance. <laughs> Insane. Black at the Blackspur Ultra. Yes. Like an ultra run up in Kimberley, BC. 108 kilometers, not for the faint of heart. Casual. Casual, just an afternoon run. I think he did it in like 12 hours and 
just like 12 and a half hours. So again, you know, gentle stroll through the woods. And, and he podiumed, right? He, yeah, he came second. Unbelievable. So good. I so, so good. I can't imagine running 100 kilometers, but... Uh, and doing it faster than like so many other people, right? Like finishing that, finishing that in and of itself is an amazing accomplishment and achievement and he friggin' podium. <laughs> so cool. And also, like you said, like he's this, I don't know, he's this gentle kind of like, in some ways like giant. Yes. He's tall. He's a big dude. He's super fit, obviously. Um, covered in tattoos, right? Kind of has this like rebel look to him. But it's like so kind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and just like this gentle spirit that's awesome that can just like go out and crush. If you follow him on the grams, he's got like his own aesthetic, mm -hmm. fusing kind of like rock and roll, punk, like high fashion in a real like do it yourself kind of way. Yeah. So obviously you can tell that we're both big fans of Austin. Uh, he's a great dude, as I've said, and excited to share um, this conversation with you all uh, between us and, and him. So uh, before we jam on the podcast, uh, what's happened this week? Anything anything coming up? Yeah. Well, speaking of races and running, um, I got my eyes on uh, Seawees. It's the Lululemon Half Marathon. It's coming up in September, September 18th to 26th. It's virtual still. Uh, it was going to be, they were hoping to get it back in person this year, but uh, COVID is still around. It's still a thing. And having like 10,000 runners all together is not a good idea at no, this point. So virtual, yet. bring your own course as they're kind of describing it. Um, it's a tr an event tracked through Strava. So you can again, link up with that. Um, the, the cool thing this year that Lululemon's doing is uh, they are giving all of the registration fees to charity. Nice. So it's like you can run, do a, you know, a little more good for yourself. And also for someone else, there's three good charities, uh, Back on My Feet, Black Men Run, and Girls on the Run. Um, and it's all part of their like social impact program. So distributing funds to people who are doing amazing things. And this year's focus is obviously on uh, like BIPOC community and um, elevating marginalized people in the fitness world. So if you're into running, uh, you can do that. There's also like a 10K option. So if a half marathon cool. seems too daunting for you, you can sign up. So just Google Lululemon Seawees. Yeah. Um, all the information will be there. And your your race registration uh, is a donation to a great cause. So that's pretty cool. I'll be running it. Probably our favorite crab apple loop, 21K nice. here in Richmond. I'm in. I'll join you. Yeah. And then you signed up for a race. Yes. Kind of survival of the fittest, I think yes. it's called. It's up in Squamish. Um, our good friend Erin Ireland, uh, she inspired me to sign up. She's been crushing the trails lately. And it's kind of like one of the first group events again uh, since COVID. So I haven't really trained too much, but yeah. going to just, you know, take it as a fun run. Um, and going to see if I can drag uh, Dina here to come do it with me. Yeah, I always like a good time. So I'll probably be in for this one as well. Yeah. But just the, the idea of like getting out. I mean, trail races are always more sp sparse and spaced out as yeah. well uh, in terms of like numbers of people. Yes. But uh, it'd be pretty rad to kind of have a an actual like in-person event again. Be so fun. Running. And plus like up in Squamish, it's up by Quest University. Yeah. It's just so beautiful up there. Not somewhere we run every day too, so it'd be a nice change of scenery. Yeah. Yeah, no, that'd be good. That would be good. Shout out to uh, Aaron Ireland for for uh, the positive, creating the positive trail, signing up for a race and then getting other people involved. There so we go. We have to have her on the pod. Yes. My goodness. We have to have Aaron Ireland. Call out. Call out. We're calling you out, Aaron Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, I think it'd be cool. Obviously, a huge advocate for for plant based living um, with to live for here in Vancouver. Let's get her on the pod. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, one quick question for you before we give the mic over to Austin. Uh, on the theme of running, any uh, I know we like talk about food and supplements and and things to kind of like bring a little a little extra oomph into your running. Um, are there any foods or supplements or routines that you have found kind of boosts your your cadence or your mileage or or your endurance or anything like that? Yeah, um, I think for me, I gotta have carbs. Yeah, I know like. I don't know. Lots of people are yeah, low carb or get that keto stuff. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry if you're keto. Sorry to all the keto people, but I did. I did kind of like well before before I went plant based. I did the whole like um, keto kind of paleo vibe, and I mean the the kind of thing about it is like it really works. Yeah. Like I was quite lean. Yeah. Um, Short term gains. Yeah, but I felt awful. Mm. Like I felt terrible, and then was having all these problems with my with my guts and everything, and went to see a naturopath, and they're like, "Yeah, you should stop eating that way. It's like not good for yeah. you at all." So anyway, long story short, is uh, coming back plant based plant based meals. Um, I love a bagel. Yeah. In the morning, like if I know I'm gonna have a run, yeah, like later in the day or whatever, I'll, I'll eat like a nice whole grain bagel. Yeah. Uh, or a um, eat with like avocado, yeah, hummus, sprouts cucumber mm, kind of just like good. yeah load it with load it with the veg fats um, and carbs fats and carbs that's like my my go-to or just like a really big delicious smoothie mm. with everything in it what about oatmeal are you an oatmeal guy at all i am but like in the winter i don't okay. eat a lot of oatmeal throughout the summer nice. but in the winter i go because it's like cold and yeah. it feels like a hearty meal yeah but i do love it and then just like load it up with all of the things yeah hemp flax chia yes yeah, cinnamon man bananas coconut oil like it's just you can put everything in there oh yeah i kind of treat it like a smoothie bowl my oatmeal just like loaded up with the uh with the granola and whatever like hemp chia seeds flax all that goodness can't be beat and of course the secret the secret sauce what's the secret tell tell the people (laughs) cordyceps cordyceps still on uh the, the four sigmatic coffee yeah the daily defend i think they call it it's like the green one yeah sold out of the juice truck if you're interested it's got the uh chaga and cordyceps in there yeah um and it just gets you going it's so good or yeah. uh the little tincture if we i got, know that i'm really gonna go for we got, like we got the one. rainbow at the juice truck but uh harmonic arts is great too that's the one i currently have Ooh, yeah. just because i haven't gone through it yet but yeah. now that we have rainbow i'll probably just grab some of that but yeah uh, the other harmonic arts the wild the wild cordyceps it's potent like i don't know it actually makes we had a whole episode on it so we yes. don't need to talk about it now but if you're a trail runner like Austin, yeah, podium like you know, kind of contender, or you're just an everyday athlete like like yours truly, um, the cordyceps just help you, man. They unleash like this potential. I don't know with like blood flow. I don't know what it does, but it's magic. Magic, and I love it. All right. So that's the jam. Those are the those are the, the running tips. Oh, and beet juice. Oh yeah, beets. I even like take beet capsules sometimes, but I think beet juice is like you can't you can't beat the beet juice. You can't it can't be beat. If only there was like a you know kind of plant based vegan trail running club. Something about like beets or something. Heartbeats Run Club. Is that a thing? Yeah, I don't know. Heartbeats Run Club. Saw something about it on the internet. <laughs> oh man, check it out. Heartbeats Run Club on Instagram. You won't be disappointed. 
Okay, last question. Austin's got a run club he's starting up, isn't he? Like Dharma Temple. Like, temp, is it called Temple Run Club? Yes. Okay. And it's not surprisingly super cool. Yes. Uh, check it on the gram. I'm just I'm just gonna pull it up here to make sure. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's Temple Run Club. I know that they weren't. Uh, he wasn't getting people like out running through the summer because still trying to figure it out with COVID and stuff. But um, yeah. Temple Run Club, check them out on Instagram. Just a few posts, maybe this is like this is like the gentle nudge for yeah to, for Austin to get out there. But yeah, he's a he's a man of many talents, very cool, uh, inspirational character. And I guess without any further ado, we're excited to give you a little more good featuring our our good friend Austin Beanbeck. So grateful to have you on and to have you share some of your story with us here today. Sweet. Well, thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, we're stoked. To, uh, obviously, we'll, we'll lead to this point, but I remember we were both watching your Passages YouTube uh, film at the same time, and we're just kind of like shooting text back together. Like, oh, that's, that's so cool. Like, well, we'll get into it, but I loved your, your oration of um, kind of sharing your, your passage uh, through the running, running journey. Um, just kind of the the poetry, the philosophy. Um, it was much more than you know taking taking one step after another. There seemed to be um, you know a, a spiritual journey, so so per se that uh, accompanied the, the four hundred mile run. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for me, like all those uh, those types of journeys and all, and then the documentation of them can sometimes miss or um, what I find interesting in the sense that like, I don't necessarily want to just watch the physical feat of it. I want to see down below. I want to see what people were feeling, what they were thinking. Uh, I just want, it just is a little more captivating to me. So um, I never put out anything that I had written down before. So it was, a, it was a little bit of a hurdle to get over then as well. So I started maybe putting stuff out on Instagram um, just in terms of like thoughts that I would have while I was on a run just to get comfortable with putting some more in-depth thoughts into the world right. and having people see them. Yeah. Just, which is kind of scary. Totally. Um, so that was sort of the beginning and then adding that into passages um, just made it more of a personal thing for me, which was really cool. Um, I, I got to think about the idea of a rite of passage while I was on the run before and then after as well, thinking about sort of the, the three distinct transitions that you um go through um while enduring it essentially right so uh my all my writing for it was centered around the um essentially just the the, the phase where you're leaving the world behind you it's very much so like um like the hero's journey yeah 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 which is quite cool um so it's, it's the leaving the world behind and then there's the initiation phase with which is the 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 difficult challenging part that sort of brings you to sort of the edge of of your comfort zone your uh sort of the place where you, like what you think is going to be possible um for yourself to to do um and then the end is just the return back to the world that you came from initially and hopefully you have a new set of experiences so that was really cool to write around and and create with and then think of well I was actually on the run so, yeah yeah that's really cool. awesome mm -hmm. and the way that the that's so beautiful man and the way that you open the film mm -hmm. is like with you reading 
some of those lines. I just jot them down because nice. the first cool. time I heard them was like, it was so good, and I wanted to like I wanted to just experience the whole thing, but I also wanted to like rewind it immediately and like nice. listen to it again. Yeah, yeah. Because it just like I think I was surprised because it wasn't just a film about running. Right. And I think when I first went into it, I was like anticipating, okay, this is like the prep, like a typical kind of like running vid, right? Yeah. yeah here's yeah. the map. Here's what I'm doing. Here's my gear. Yeah. Beautiful scenery. Right. And yeah. it just, it opens, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it yeah. opens up with you reading these lines about like the exploration of self. Mm -hmm. And then the line that really stood out is like a reckoning with the depths of your soul mm -hmm. and a return to passages that took a toll. And like, right. that's exactly like that, yeah. that journey. Yeah. It's so cool. And it sets up, it sets up the film to be it's about running but it's also about like this journey right. this experience that like you you created for yourself yeah so so rad thank you yeah so I that. yeah uh i just want to ask you like what like what why why would you do that like there's a lot of people yeah. who are listening yeah, that might yeah, not yeah, be yeah. runners yeah and they're like 400 like some people say you yeah. ran like 20k like i don't even drive that far <laughs> yeah, yeah but like course. 400 yeah. miles yeah, that's yeah. what like over 600k right 640k 640 yeah. kilometers mm -hmm. like that's no joke mm -hmm. in how many days it was like about four and a half right i don't know i don't remember the exact time but it was about four and a half days yeah like 108 hours or something like right that. so yeah. so for those that haven't watched do you want to just give a quick breakdown of what what passages was like what the sure. physical run was where you started where you finished kind of what the day-to-day -day looked like so they can kind of have a visual as we're talking through it and then hopefully everybody goes and clicks they can go check it out yeah. <laughs> or, cool. or your alternative option is like check out <laughs> your, your instagram or like just search youtube austin beanbeck and passages and pause the pod right now yeah go check watch that. the watch the short film you will not be disappointed and then come back again <laughs> so there's your options there's your but, options. but give us the coles notes of it anyhow yes. okay sure um yeah so essentially the the whole idea of the run was to blend uh, a modern rite of passage which uh takes the three phases i was talking about previously um and sets that into the modern world um, and for me, running is my thing. So I wanted to use that framework and, and apply it to running. So it like very arbitrarily, I decided 400 miles in five days was going to be the thing. Cause it's like, if you break that down, it's like 80 miles a day. If you just keep moving, it's very doable. Right. Um, so essentially we rented a like a sprinter van. Yeah. We use that to house everybody and all the food and everything, some, some power naps and all that. Yeah. Um, and we started out in Hope, British Columbia, which is a small town outside of Vancouver, about an hour and a half. Um, and the, the trail goes from there and it follows a railway, an old decommissioned railway um, that was built in the early 1900s. Um, and it goes all the way to Castlegar, which is... Um, on that trail is 650 kilometers distance away. I'm not sure how far it is by road, but because um, it does veer off quite a bit. Right. Um, so the the whole thing and the filming followed that journey. Uh, I wrote some pieces that fit together um, with the film, and it, it got put into the film as well. Um, sort of documenting. I wrote some of it before, some of it after. Um, not really any during <laughs> would have been a little too difficult but yeah. uh yeah so it, it just follows that whole journey wow yeah very cool very cool yeah go ahead you had a question before 
Yeah, well, part part of part of what um, you had said too, and like even the idea of this journey, like when you started out, this idea of like making the impossible possible. So when you started out with this, like you you'd said, eighty k a day, like seems pretty manageable. But was there a point when you were thinking about this, dreaming about this, and like getting closer to like the start line where you thought like, what am I, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Like was there sure. kind of a moment of like angst or not regret, but like trepidation of like, what's going to happen? Am I going to be able to finish this? Um, not the beginning because I, I have a personality where it's like I just decide that I'm going to do something and I'll just go and do it. Okay. Which is, it works sometimes. Sometimes it's like trial by fire, which is, yeah. you learn and you that's still great. learn. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I've come to grips with that. But uh, I, I would say like two to three hours into it, it the, the trail kind of veers off. It's, it's quite close to um, the road at certain points. And it, it, you don't feel like you're too far out a lot of the time, okay. which is quite comforting. Um, but there is points where it veers off and goes into the mountains a little bit. Um, and I spent like two hours by myself at the very beginning, um, sort of in the mountains near Hope. Uh, and the thought that kept appearing in my mind was like, man, you decided to do this. And then it would be a couple more minutes and be like, you decided to do this. And then that thought of like, this is so crazy. Like, this isn't even an event. You just decided to do this. Like, why is this happening? Right. Like, this is, it. it it's just one of those sort of very like doubtful moments where any, anything that you create in the world is coming from you. It doesn't have to be prompted. So of course you're gonna have that feeling a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, whereas like if you're doing something that there's already a framework for it, you go, oh yeah, okay, this, people do this. Right. Fine. But um, for me, yeah, for me, I just had to keep saying like, you decided to do this, man. It's on you. And then it, I just kept going, that going, and that thought eventually sort of just left. Okay. The further I got into it. Right, because yeah. then you were just, you were doing it. You're just in it, yeah. yeah. You're just in it, and, and the world kind of like really shrinks down after like no a day. Kidding. Yeah, huh. so. Very cool, and even yeah. your dad, like at the end. Yeah. Or, or close to the end, he has a thing where he's like, hey, you know, you saw, I'm so proud of you, or whatever, <laughs> yeah. like you're doing this for like no, <laughs> like no real reason, yeah, just yeah, your yeah. own like yeah. growth and everything. And, yeah, but yeah. that's so funny because that's, like that's a really valuable reason to do something of course, huge yeah. is like your own personal growth, right? Yeah. And, I, and I mean like your dad is not saying it in like a pejorative way, like, oh, you just did this for no reason. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But like yeah. it really highlights that there was no other big target or, or ambition. It was like you you needed to do this mm -hmm. for you. Internal. Yeah, definitely. Which yeah. I think is really cool because yeah. so many times we have these ideas or desires to do something or to challenge ourselves or push ourselves, but yeah. then we back down because it's like too hard or, oh, how am I going to sort that out? And we like let the, we let those thoughts like beat us down or like quite kind of crush that idea. Whereas you were out there doing it. Yeah. And even in the first, you know, few hours, you're like fighting back those, those doubts or thoughts and just pushing through. Like yeah. that's, that's really inspirational. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. I think it's, I, I, the whole time and beforehand I wanted the reason I had added in um, some spoken word stuff um, and, and made it a little more um, all-encompassing, I guess, rather than just the running aspect, was I wanted people to be able to see it and, and sort of see it as something that could apply to their own life, right. um, especially in terms of the passages part, um, because obviously not everybody runs, either, right. right? So, but um, in saying that, I, like, the, the creation of it and everything and the questioning, it can really, you can you could say that about a lot of other things that you just start for uh, your own reasons. Like you started the juice truck, 
Yes. Nobody told you to do that. You have to just decide you're going to do that. And like, there's points along the way where you're going like, man, this is a crazy idea. Why don't I just go and take like a job that's like going to be safe for me and it's already a lane. It's a, there's a lane for it. It's yeah. fine. And I'm sure people that paint or make music or all these things like there's, especially at the beginning, there's parts where it's like, maybe you're not the best at it yet. And it's just like, where's this going to lead to? Like, why am I doing this? This is crazy. Nobody's telling me there's, yeah, nobody's giving you permission to do it, I guess. Right. Yeah. It's kind of a pioneering spirit. Like, yeah. Which in some ways, like it feels like this, so much of the world has been, has been pioneered and conquered right? yeah. to use that language. But yeah. it's like, it, maybe, maybe some of that is lost. It's like that desire to, to not just drive in the lane that's already there, but like make your own path. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of what led up to this too and why I almost chose this KVR trail is is the history of that railway in the early 1900s and it is very much so built in that pioneer kind of mindset um, and at the time I was reading a bunch of books um, like Blood and Thunder um, with Kit Carson and, and whatnot like these really there's there's all these books and there's the, the history and it's it's very there's obviously negative aspects of that history and no, nobody's going to disagree with that right. at all but what I take away from a lot of those books, especially like Blood and Thunder, um, is just this, like that frontier man mentality where some of those, those men lived out in the woods for, or in the, in, the, in the mountains and yeah, the woods as well for years at a time, right. um, were injured, had extremities cut off and stuff and just continue. It was just that like frontier man, pioneer spirit. And that really like actually applied a lot to what I was doing and how I was thinking about things at yeah. the time, especially. Yeah which is quite cool. Totally. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And uh, one thing that we were chatting before, which was the central theme of passages, with a lot of cultures historically, there's, there's whether, you know, it's a bar mitzvah or a walkabout, or there's, you know, all these fixed in, you know, rites of passage. But we've, you know, you can elaborate more on that. But it's, it's something that we've kind of lost um, as we mature from, you know, teenagers to adults or boys to men or, or girls to women or whatever um, but this you kind of brought back that ritual through this run um, can you kind of elaborate on on kind of the the journey of a, of a passage right yeah I, I totally agree um, especially in yeah in a modern sense there's unless you're a part of some of these cultures where you have like a bar mitzvah or or something like that um, there isn't really any point in time in which somebody who is an elder in your community tells you that the shift has happened where now you are uh, a man or a woman or whatever it's 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 kind of lost on us mm -hmm. so we're we're a lot of us and i we hear this i think it's a little bit of a um maybe an overstatement in a lot of cases but people make the the millennial like comments or whatever yeah. where people are like oh you're living with your parents and you're like 32 or whatever and it's all that kind of stuff but i think in some ways um, I'm not, not sure what the reasons are for it, but, um, people, yeah, people just don't have that, that line to di differentiate. Is it high school? Is that when you leave high school? Is it college? Does that extend your like childhood or adolescence? Um, it's really, it's just really hard. So for me, um, I thought it'd be interesting to use that framework of, um, it, it starts with separation, um, and then initiation and return. And traditionally, um, a lot of cultures would use something quite similar to what I did, actually, where you're leaving uh, the, the, 
the culture that you're in and you're going out into the woods or the desert or wherever it might be and you spend longer than I did, yeah. yes. sometimes months at a time, which is really interesting. Um, and you're, you're actually surviving on your own. You're finding water, food, all that kind of stuff. Um, so you're actually learning how to fend for yourself, which is sort of the mark of that transition to adulthood. Mm-hmm. And when you come back, you know now you can connect with the elders in that group with what it's like to actually do that. Um, so for me, the running aspect of it was unique just because I, I mean, I am a runner and that's what I like to do. Um, but for others, you can choose, it's, I like the, the framework because you can choose whatever you want and it can, it just, it can be anything that sets you outside of where you are and you're, you're in air quotes, like comfort zone or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you have to sort of rise to that level. Right. Anything that makes you rise to that level, um, where there's some unknown, you, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. Um, a little bit of darkness maybe, uh, but, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the framework I was using. And yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll quote you again. Cause I love, yeah. I loved what you wrote, awesome. um, to, to kind of add as little like poetic pieces throughout, throughout the passages journey. And just to, in, in terms of exactly what you were saying, how it doesn't have to be a run. It can apply to anyone taking the known world you say and ripping a hole in its seams. Right. That's so good. Right? Like that's just, <laughs> yeah. but that's so good. Cause it is that like, it's, it's showing that like everything we know, everything that seems so concrete and set around us, like, no, like you can, you can pull it apart. Like you can rip a hole in that and kind of step through and see like what's beyond. And in some ways that's, what's really necessary. I think part of what resonated with me so much with your film is uh, a couple of years back, in completing like a master's program, I did a capstone project and my focus was like, I call it the way of men. And it was this curiosity into like, what has happened to our rites of passage? So right away when I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, like sweet, look like swaggy runner, (laughs) like local guy, passed like doing these rites of passage. I was like, this is amazing. Like it just like lined up everything. I was so amped to like see what you created. And then uh, I think you really delivered, like it was so dope. But for me, like that was a big question. And, and I started like for, for part of my like capstone, just very anecdotally like interviewing friends of mine who are all in like various stages of like, you know, from late 20s to almost like getting up towards like the 40s. And for all intents and purposes would be like, you know, quote unquote men, like we've all right. arrived. Yep. But like the question I asked like over beers or on a run or just like whenever we were hanging out was like, Hey, what was the time when you would, could pinpoint and say, this was the moment where like I became a man and it often starts like cheekily, like, well, the first time I got laid or like when I got my driver's license, but then it's like immediately we recognize that's not it. Like those aren't the thing. Those are too fickle or like not important as maybe as significant as those events are milestones, markers, but none of us. And I, I talked to probably like upwards of 30, 30 dudes like that I know well that could be like honest, right? And none of us could say, oh, this was the moment where I knew my dad or like our communities took me aside and I did this big thing and that was when I became a man. And I, that was like, I'm like, there's a big gap here. So kudos to you for like recognizing yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, that's, and creating yeah. something that starts to address that. Right, yeah. yeah. That parallels crazy. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, questions that I think we have um, as, as men as well is, is like, what does it even mean to be that way? Because there's these, 
especially nowadays, I think people are, are um, picking up on the, the sense that there is this void for a lot of younger men. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's played off as this weird, kind of like corny, just like, I don't know, it's it, like the, the over-motivation almost sometimes and like the, it's, it's very shelved in one area, mm. I think. Um, it could be, I mean, some of it I could liken to like a David Goggins uh, type mentality, which I, lo I love that spirit. That's unreal. Yeah. But not everybody resonates on that level. <laughs> no. Um, and like he and I don't think David Goggins became David Goggins because of the like transition he the, went the through. passage that he took. His, like his it was handed sure, to him, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. you don't become a Marine yeah, of course. without going through some crazy stuff. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, th that's a lot of what I see. And I came from that world too through hockey as well. Right. Um, but I'm much more of just like a gentle soul. So it's, I don't really resonate with that. I'm much more wanting to like explore things through words and like, right. and speaking and, and written word books, all that kind of stuff. Which is really like that. That's so interesting that you say that. Cause like, I think apart from the last, like let's call it 150 to 200 years of this like modernity, that's how it was. Like men were, you know, and again, like, not, not that we need to go back to this where like women were suppressed, but like men were the poets and the thinkers and the emotives and the writers and the feelers. And then through this like modernity, we became these like non-emotive beings that are like, oh, I don't cry, I go to the gym. And, and it's done such damage, right? Like we, we talk about the culture of toxic masculinity. And if we don't see that being directly paralleled from the loss of these rites of passages, like we're not, our eyes aren't open, right? right? And like, so why is there so much misogyny and, you know, kind of like wrong-headed masculinity in the world? And like right. this thinking of like, boys don't cry and stiff upper lip and just like punch a hole in the wall if you're mad, don't talk about your feelings. Yeah. Like that's, that's crazy. Cause that's not how it always was. And I, I don't think that's how we're created to be. No, not at all. I mean, I think, I mean, if you think back as far as possible in like prehistory, I mean, the whole idea in, in uh, sort of evolutionary biology and stuff is that, and, and looking at, at smaller bands and, and tribes and those, those cultures that are under 150 people a lot of the time is you talk with those people on a daily basis, uh, probably generally like while you're cooking food or around a campfire or something like that on a daily basis. Um, I don't have, and I, most people I know have even less than I do, in-depth conversations. Right. Um, I don't have super in-depth conversations on a daily basis. Um, although that's what I love. I love leaning into that. But I know people who've probably maybe never had a really thoughtful, in-depth conversation with friends or family or, or any of that. Especially, and then, especially in today's society. Like of it's course, like, yeah. You know, we scroll on Instagram or Twitter yeah. or, or whatever. It's very yeah. instant and short. And yeah. the, the long form is like... Uh, you know, even for, like you mentioned, like a long conversation, that's like people will pick up their phones and yeah. start to drift and like, yeah, it's not like through that used to be storytelling and, and connection and so much more. And, and we've in many ways losing that basic sense of connection through connect through, through storytelling and conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think even for some of those people, like I coming from the, from a hockey background, you definitely get a lot of that mentality. Um, small things of like even when I was playing junior hockey wearing a bow tie and getting in shit for that from a coach and it's like 
Having Dude, it's a bow tie. Yeah. Individual. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, like any sense of that. And that's what drew me away from it, like eventually anyways. But yeah. it's just like that staying in line all the time. But that mentality or or even um, feel like going to therapy for a couple of sessions or something like that and feeling weird talking about it to other yeah. people. Because it's like, what's wrong with you or whatever? And it's like, yeah. no. I'm nothing. I just wanted to like talk to somebody right. about like, yeah. what was going on. Well, we yeah. we often liken it right to like the the mental health is such an important aspect. And you know, hockey players like I grew up in kind of like the basketball rugby world is right. a similar like mentality, oh, course, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like if you get if you get crunched out on the pitch and like your arm is broken, you go to the doctor because you can't just fix it on its own. And if you don't do anything about it you're you're gonna be hurt and like kind of ruined for your whole life yeah. and everybody gets that all the dudes are like oh yeah you gotta go like get surgery whatever yeah right do rehab do like ot and physio and all that that trajectory makes total sense you start to say like you know you have like uh you have like an, an illness or an injury again kind of air quotes to like part of your brain where it's like causing you some like mental unhealth where you're not living up to your fullest you have this injury you should go talk to someone. You should go get it looked at. Yeah, like, course, there's people yeah. who can help you fix that. They're yeah. like, no, no, I'm fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, we don't see that it's yeah. the same thing. Like, we need to take care of all aspects of our health, right? Not just physical. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. Someone's stealing my Pinto up. Yeah, actually, your Pinto. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, for me too, with hockey especially, um, and I'd love to be able to sort of, maybe work with people like that eventually one day as well. But uh, when I was younger, I was always told that 10% of the game is physical, 90% of the game is mental, and then nobody would elaborate on it. Like, what do you mean by t- by 90% of the game is mental? You're telling me this when I'm eight years old. Yeah. I don't even know what that, I don't even know what really mental means. Yeah. So I've, it's just, there's no, there's no uh, building upon that. And, and a lot of the time depends on where you're, your parents come from or what their background is but my parents weren't the type of people necessarily that were really well versed in that area either so it's like i mean even as simple as like somebody having a meditation practice or or talking about uh, setting goals or have like habit change or uh, all these things that are very simple in a lot of ways but at the time you're just told it's mental so you're ruminating on that when you're younger and you go, I just gotta figure it out up here. Yes. I gotta, and then you're pointing your head and like, yeah. And it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, and they tell you, they tell you that. And then like a hundred percent of the practice and drills are physical. Yeah. Where's the 90%? Yeah. 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 Why are we practicing so much? I, I, I guess that's why Phil yeah. Jackson has all the rings. He was like, actually, the, yeah. The guy right? like kind of touching on that side yeah. of thing. Yeah. George Mumford, right? He pulled him in the mindful athlete and teaching yeah. those yeah. guys like to get into the flow state. Yeah. yeah. Telling you. That's cool. It's very cool. And I, I mean, I think people find that I found more of that with running because it's in a lot of ways such a uh, more simplistic pursuit mm-hmm. than hockey. Yes. Um, but so, it, it is interesting to, you can, you can really, you notice those moments when it's like, oh yeah, I am up in my head. I'm, I'm watching these thoughts pass through. Yeah. Whereas like in hockey, there's so much happening that if you're not privy to those ideas beforehand, it's going to be pretty tough to yeah, running it, out, yeah. Running is so so simple that way. Yeah, I have a I have a seven and a four year old, and my four year old she like she loves to run. Really, <laughs> it's it's beautiful. It like yeah. makes my heart swell. Right, that's awesome. So we went out. She she keeps asking me, "Let's go for runs. Let's go for runs." Okay, so we go out just these like little short little things. Yeah, and she's out there just like giving it. And she said to me after one time, she's like, "Daddy, my my legs were so tired, but my brain just said." 
just keep going. And I was like, sweetie, you just figured out running. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's it. it. Like, yeah, your yeah, legs yeah, get yeah, tired yeah, and you yeah. just say, just keep going. Yeah, right? And that's it's like, so cute. Yeah. But it is. It's so much more mental because there's not any real strategy in the same way there is in, like, hockey or these, yeah. like, games where there's all this dynamic movement and action. It's you're just, you're out there going. And at some point, physically, it's just, it's not going to hurt any more than it hurts at... 20, 30, 40K. Right. It's the mental toughness that comes in. That's where it's so challenging, which I want to talk to you about a little yeah, bit. No, for we, sure. we don't have to go there now, but yeah. I want to circle back to that yeah, definitely. based on some parts in, in the passages. Yeah. Video. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for your, for your running, did you get into running through hockey or, or what was your origins of lacing them up and hitting right. the trail? Um, yeah, I stopped playing hockey uh, in 2015, Okay, I want to say. Um, and there was like a weird lull in between that because I mean prior to that I had spent 20 years playing hockey yeah. um, and, and doing uh, cross training on an almost daily basis from the age of like 12 onward. Yeah. Um, so just I was very used to that regimen and, and feeling uh, physically active and exerting myself and that kind of stuff. So uh, when I started school I kind of had a weird two year lull of not really finding what I wanted to be doing um, with my body and, and feeling just like blah, yeah. um, which I hadn't had that feeling probably ever really. Yeah. Um, and I guess two years ago now, a friend and I were, were looking at marathon stuff. We got interested in it and I we were shooting back text and then I was like, do you want to do the BMO marathon? And we both agreed to it, signed up for it, and we did a couple months of training uh, for that, tried to keep each other accountable. Yeah. Um, and we both ran it, which is great. Um, and from there, for me, it continued on to just, the, the road was cool. Uh, I didn't have enough background either where it was like my, the base, like my legs and all that, were, the muscles were not ready for the, the like constant stream of just running kind of straight on the pavement. Right. So I looked to trail running. It looked really interesting. I did a 50K like two months after. Amazing. Um, and that was really fun. I had like so many learning lessons from that too. I, w I wore a pair of shoes <laughs> that I got like a week before, <laughs> and uh, like my first pair pair of uh, like probably like Solomon Trail shoes. And I had a blister that was probably like oh. three or four inches on the bottom of my foot because oh, the the arch was was sitting weirdly in the shoe. Yeah. Uh, but it was a really like fun experience. Um, and from there, I did uh, I signed up for a hundred miler in Whistler. So like a couple months after that, yeah. Um, so you're hooked at this point, I, and that was like you're just going seven or eight months into running. <laughs> <laughs> but that hundred miler didn't go well. I, I DNF'd on that, which is fine. That was the trial by fire kind yeah, of thing yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah. You found a limit. Oh, that was the limit. Uh, yeah. So how uh, far did you make it? Hundred, hundred k ish. In and around there, we talk about that a lot. Like finding, like you know, when you work out, like for say you're cross training for hockey and you're bench pressing, you try to like max out and and find that limit, but and so many other practices in life, you just go to like where your comfort zone is, you know? Yeah. So I think it's really cool. Like a DNF, I actually think is, is a brave thing because you got your limit. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're like, yeah. okay, I cannot take another step. Yeah. Yeah. It was the, the most intense, like just pain and exhaustion I've ever had. And it was compared to what I've just done recently, the, the sleep deprivation wasn't really there. It was only like 18 hours into it. It wasn't yeah. really like that crazy. 
Um, but I had so many things go wrong too. Like my <laughs> headlamp wasn't like it wasn't bright enough at all. I was stumbling around at night. My one of my poles broke in half. Oh, um, just so many things that like after the fact you're like okay yeah. But I couldn't have known that. I couldn't have just thought about those things. I could have maybe done a little more research into it. Yeah. I'm not really like that though. But yeah, the, the <laughs> trial by fire and like the the learning with that is maybe a little more difficult than even like a bench press because it's like yes. you add ten more pounds on each side. Yeah. And it's like one rep and you're going for two or something yeah. and then you just can't get it up. It's like, that is very definitively the line. Yes. So yeah. 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 yeah there's less mind over matter when you're lifting a weight versus yeah. Yeah. like physically exerting yourself to run further. Yes. Definitely. Cause there is a point where your mind can take over where your body kind of yeah. wants to stop. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the physical limits with, something like running for sure are way further than I think you would expect. Yeah. Whereas like, yeah, I'm not going to go to the gym, especially right now with my skinny self and <laughs> press like three plates off, off of the bench. Yeah. It's, just, it's just physio yeah, physiologically not possible right, yeah. for me to do. Yeah. So, yeah. So good. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the endurance element of it and like physically, mentally, emotionally, when you kind of start to go dark. Because uh, I think, well, depending on, on how, you know, if people are listening and they're runners, you might know like, oh, I have that, I had that race where it just like did not go the way I planned or and even a training run, you can just feel like, you know, the last run I did was great. And why does it feel like this is the hardest thing I've ever done in the world today? Like it should be easier. Um, in, the, in the vid you say, the dark is, unknown it's the it's the unknown and it's the most interesting mm. and and then it kind of transitions right. into a bit of the the scenes where it's like you're running through the night and i think it's like day three and a half or so like you're well into it and um it uh you can see on your face like it's starting to take its toll yeah so what uh what do you think like can you elaborate a little bit on just like that experience of like coming into that darkness sure, yeah. and what makes it like so what makes it interesting right. for you yeah um so if i if i throw it back a little bit to like i guess it was two years ago now year and a half um the 100 miler that i dnf'd at uh, i had no experience of what that place was right because i had run at night maybe a couple times in training just to try it out um but this was just entirely different because inevitably uh, there's the parallels between the lightness in yourself and the actual lightness outside and the darkness and the darkness outside. Um, so with that run, it was, it started getting darker. I, the shift in my energy was so palpable. It was insane. I stopped at an aid station with uh, a couple friends and my girlfriend there. Um, and I was cra literally cracking jokes with them. Cause, and the sun was just like on the, just, just about to set. Yeah. And I was just like, like roughing it up, laughing. I was like, okay, let's get, let's get it. Let's go. And then I go and it goes into like a tunnel basically. Cause it's a climb. Yeah. Trees are over top and it like instantly is pitch black oh my. almost. And so I had to throw my headlamp and my jacket and stuff. Cause it really cooled down. And it was like that, that part that I wasn't ready for. It really just hit me. Right. Um, and just really small things of like stumbling or, um, feeling just, I mean, for me, out in the woods, in the dark, I, I'm almost certain nothing's going to happen, but it's the just, yeah, every sound the possibility, is, every sound, yeah. 
And of course, we do live in BC, so there are actual there's big predators. Out right, there. which, which you met a few, right? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, and I've had encounters with uh, just black bears and cubs and stuff on training runs out in North End. Yeah. I've had like four or five, wow. um, and I'm it's not really an uncomfortable thing anymore because you you just you see it start backing away. It's not yeah. that it, it doesn't really nothing happens. But when you're out there and you're exhausted, it's painful. Um, yeah, even a small thing like stumbling can almost set you off to the point where you're like, I think I'm done with this. Right. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, yeah. And that happened with that Whistler one. My pole broke, defeated my morale completely. I was done. Yeah. So I got to the bottom of a, of a hill, which I would have had to climb back up, which was Whistler Mountain, which is a huge climb. Yeah. It took me like four or five hours to get down. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, that was, it just completely defeated me there. But for this run, um, that point didn't really happen... I ran over 100 miles in the first like 24 hours. Yeah. Because um, I have friends pacing with me and stuff. And it was just the first couple hours, it was raining, uh, but we saw the forecast and we knew it was going to start getting sunny. So mm -hmm. once that happened, I was just so happy to be there. Um, I had a friend pace me for like 20K and we ran at like, I want to say it was like 7.30 pace or like 7. It was like way too fast for the, for the run. Like it was yeah. not good pacing, but it's just because we were feeling so good. We yeah. looked at the watch app and like, what? What is going on? What are we like, doing? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I had another friend run with me for like 30 or 40K. So I was just feeling really good. Um, and then we we did actually have uh, a bigger predator scare. We're pretty certain it was a cougar. Oof. Pretty that's, certain. That's like the top of my scale list. Right yeah, now. yeah. That's <laughs> the scariest. Uh, that's the thing you, yeah. That's the thing you think of when you're on trail runs by yourself. But um, we're not, it was dark and I had my headlamp on. Um, I've seen deer with headlights and, and headlamps before. It didn't look like that. It was like perched in the underboat. Like we didn't, so I had my bear spray on and stuff. So that kind of just threw a, oh, yeah. a chain in the, in the mix. But yeah, so we had to loop back around and kind of divert for a little bit. Okay. Um, so that was the only part that was a little bit, uh, it was a little bit tough to battle through after the fact. Yeah. Um, Cause it was still night for, I guess like a couple more hours after that. Yeah. Um, but physically, I was feeling good. So it was just that. It was just my mind playing tricks on me of like looking around a bunch and like yeah. feeling very uncertain. Um, the second day, I definitely started having some pain in my legs more so. And that's just inevitable. Um, it was easy to work through. Um, but that second night was just, uh, yeah, it was like almost too much mentally. Okay. Um, and I had my cousin, he uh, had his like his adaptable mountain bike with him. Uh, he rode with me. It's a, electric. Yeah. Super cool. <laughs> uh, he rode with me up through Kelowna. So that was helpful as well. Like anytime, if I had somebody with me at night, a little more comfort. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was okay. The next day, my knee was like, I was getting a weird, um, just red, like almost like a hematoma looking thing on the side of my knee. Crazy. And that was pretty tough. Um, and my ankle felt like I, it just had like lace bite, but like lace bite to the point of like, feels like it's gonna like break my foot kind of thing um so i spent a couple hours um with my brother just kind of hiking yeah because it was just it was really tough um and then that night was probably the toughest of all of them is my dad um had a bike and rode with me for a while and it was just i think the exhaustion the pain all that was just like way too much all at one time mm -hmm. um but that and that was the the point where you kind of go, okay, this is definitely the breaking point. Right. Um, mentally, I'm feeling like I'm kind of 
hallucinating a little bit, especially um, in the spot we were in was kind of in was near Kelowna. Yeah, off into the woods quite a bit more though, um, and you because of its the the width of the trail and then the, the overgrowth of the trees, you kind of feel like you're in a tunnel almost. Very strange. Yeah, you just have two headlamps or torches on, so it, it's you feel like you're in this incredibly small place. Right. Um, and the thought that kept appearing for me is like an animal is going to come out. I've had encounters with like with uh, bears before and stuff, and it's not that hard to to navigate. Um, the likelihood that a something like a cougar, like although we we're pretty certain we we did encounter one, the likelihood that people get attacked, even die, have whatever, is so so tiny that it shouldn't even be on your mind. Yeah, but it it, it is. Um, so that was playing a lot of tricks in my mind. I kept kind of looking around, and my dad had to like, kind of like pull, like literally like pull my shoulder and be like, "Just go yeah. forward." Um, so how do you overcome if you go into a dark space yeah. and you know you can't stop? You're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. How do you overcome? How do you personally overcome that mental darkness? Yeah. Yeah. So in that moment, um, the, the the stop point. They couldn't drive a car up, so we actually ended up having to go way further. I think we had to put in like a 40 or 50k section, and I thought it was going to be like 20. So that just like crushed me. Yeah. Um, but it was it was just okay. We're here. We're going to go to the car, and then once we get there, I'm going to take a break and just chill. Um, and I think uh, Megan, who made the film, who edited it and filmed it, yeah, she. Um, woke up because it was like three in the morning and like came and filmed me when I was sitting there I was kind of just like in the like had my legs spread out was stretching yeah but like also was just like half alive um that kind of thing so I think when you get to those challenging moments it's just like putting uh one foot in front of the other it varies it's just the most simple um yeah. thing that you can think of and you just for me too is like noticing the thoughts um that are arising in the challenges and then and, and just acknowledging that that's your reality. Yeah. Um, for for me, along uh, like past that night, actually as well, it's it's so it's so interesting and actually just incredible what can happen with a little bit of time too. Because that was that that's how it was feeling then. And I woke up in the morning and I ran the entire day the next day. Yeah. Because it was sunny. Um, I think Megan also captured, like, I was trying to do a quad stretch, and I had literally, it, my, I couldn't hold my leg up. Like, yeah. I just hit the ground. So but funny. I ran that whole day from 7 in the morning till it got dark, pretty much, like, it just, yeah, yeah. all in one go. It's, like, um, a really good edit. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's funny, because yeah. earlier they talk about, like, yeah. uh, your, your friends, was it um, uh, George and... George and Vicky, yeah. Vicky, yeah, yeah. They, they were, like... Oh, we just gotta get like Alyssa running. And yeah. She's like, no. And then in that scene, she's yeah. like, okay, I'll lead the warm up, like a quad stretch, and you go to do it, and it's yeah. like, putang, and your leg just like flops down. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like, there's literally like no elasticity left. Yeah. And then the next scene is like you running away, like looking, looking good, right? Yeah. Now, there's obviously some time or whatever in between there. There, but, there was, there was a little bit, but little, not really. Actually, it was literally just it is. I think that was one of the biggest lessons, honestly, that, that came of this whole thing and, and battling through doubt and wanting to stop something like that is like, you don't know what it's going to be like. And right. people do say that it's kind of a platitude, you don't know what the future is going to be like. But um, when I woke up in the morning, it's like, I couldn't have even imagined, like I didn't feel any better yeah. though either. So that was the interesting part too. Yeah. Um, 
it was just like it was it was all mental yeah <laughs> like, yeah 90 yeah, mental yeah 90 yeah. percent mental but um that the interesting part of that too is that i was able to find i think a big yeah big key was um running and just keep and just keep going keep going keep going and then finding some flow in that yeah finding a, a nice rhythm and then noticing how my body was feeling. Like you said, your daughter even too, where it's like, my legs are tired. I was, I was noticing um, things that I've sort of practiced in my, in my meditation practice, where you're just noticing points of sensation in your body. And I've never had a more real experience of that ever than in that moment where it was like, oh, that's just a point of sensation in my knee. Hmm. Uh, that's just a point of sensation in my ankle. I felt a lot more, um, not, I wouldn't say detached because I don't really like that word for, for that, but just a little more at distance from it rather than getting really caught up in it and being like, oh God, it really hurts. Da, 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 yeah. da. Like whining about it or, or letting it consume me. It was just, I was running with it and it was there yeah. and we were just like holding hands and then, and yeah. Huh. It yeah. is like a meditation practice where mm -hmm. you're, mm -hmm. you're trying to be still and focus and then the grocery list comes and you kind of acknowledge it. Yeah. But then, like, move on. It's like the same way, like that yeah. knee pain or shin yeah. or whatever. And you go, okay, yeah, it's there, but like, it's not going to derail me from my goal or what I'm doing. Yeah. That's Which is, it's very, I mean, it's very similar in like a real life situation where if somebody cuts you off in traffic, it's like there's only the initial point of anger is like, oh, somebody could have got injured. That only lasts seven seconds. Yeah. The rumination on it is what causes you all the anguish and suffering and all of that yeah. after the fact. Totally. And that yeah. person's gone. Like, they yeah, they don't care. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So to unpack the running as meditation there, can you kind of talk about um, your own meditation practice, perhaps outside of running, and then maybe touch on running as an act of meditation on its own? Right. Yeah. Um, Ever since, I guess basically ever since I stopped playing hockey, I had more time to sort of look into that world. So that I started a uh, meditation practice, um, honestly starting with a couple minutes, I would, I would assume at the time, and not having any like framework for it. Um, and having a lot of interesting <laughs> ideas floated into my head from other people where it was like, man, you're just trying not to think, man. Like it's just blank mind, man, whatever. That kind of stuff. Um, for a couple of years, uh, and then finding um, finding more of a vipassana style practice really helped for me because I do have a very active mind, yeah. um, and I do like just being a quiet observer, uh, and then and then coming back to very much so it's it's the noticing of everything. So you're starting with uh, following your breath, and then you're expanding that to start picking up on noises, um, and then thoughts, feelings, emotions as well, but not you're you're noticing but you're not riding the 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 feeling or thought out mm, you're just you're observing, observing. you're yeah. yeah so very similar to the the pain that was happening when i was running it was like you can ride that out and let yourself suffer for hours or you can just notice it and just continue on like um so i've done a vipassana style practice for a couple years now did you ever um, go do like the seven day Vipassana So, <laughs> Is that during, what it is, seven days or something it's like that? Ten, it's ten usually days? ten days. Yeah. I was going to do one, um, I guess, last like April. Yeah. Uh, and then everything was just shut down inevitably. Yeah. Which, which, uh, so is I, a, which is a passage on its own to do yeah. a, you know, in many yeah. cultures to do a ten day, yeah. you know, meditation. Yeah, which is, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, there, there's a bit of a theme there in general where it's like, 
taking uh, a facet of life and wanting to challenge in that area. Uh, but I, with meditation, I actually did, a, I couldn't do the 10 day one because I couldn't go anywhere. So at home, I did a three day one by myself. Amazing. Yeah. Which is Which probably was, even more challenging because you have your, your distractions that you're used to. Like if yeah. you, if you remove yourself from all of that and you're yeah. doing a Vipassana retreat in somewhere that's foreign to you, yeah. you know, you, you don't have your usual routines to fall back on. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I would have liked to do that. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was very difficult. I loosely followed um the insight meditation society i think it's called yeah. their like program that they actually have it's in the states but um yeah it was it was really interesting it's oh, it's cool. yeah it, it definitely deepened my practice a little more uh but i my practice is i like to i've been switching it up more recently and just doing it uh more at night but generally i have a 20 minute in the morning 20 minute at night I've floated that around all the way from like an hour in the morning, an hour at night, two hours at one point, whatever it is. And right now I'm kind of just doing like an hour at night. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And how do you, how, how have you found that affects the other 23 hours in your day? Right. Yeah. So right now I'm finding that I want to match my energy for what's coming before me. So having a meditation in the right in the morning when I wake up, it seems almost antithetical to what I'm doing. Yeah. So I've started doing a little more of a, a Tumo uh, breathwork kind of practice in the morning, yeah. which is really interesting. It's kind of the, I think Wim Hof bases that off of Tumo, like loosely. Um, and it sort of is a little bit more of an energy enhancing practice. Uh, and then at night, I'll do more of a meditation where everything's coming down and I'm getting to sort of watch all those thoughts and feelings and emotions that have kind of accumulated during the day. Yeah. And then I go to bed and then wake up. So Very cool. Yeah. And then when you're running, uh, do you find that running is an act of meditation for yourself? Yeah, I think it's so many different things in terms right. of in terms of space. Um, so sometimes I like to use running as a space where I can let, have time to listen to something or listen to somebody else, read a book or a podcast. Other times it definitely is, is a meditation um, where I'm, I'm getting in a really good flow and I'm feeling really good in the sense of, I mean, and when I'm feeling bad too, but um, when I feel like my stride's really working, I can feel my breath. I just, and this happens way more often um, on a trailer in the mountain than it does in the city. Yeah. I just, I don't really love the energy of the city for that personally. Um, but yeah, it's it's the noticing of how my my body's moving, uh, my legs are feeling. It's just it you feel so connected with that movement and then the surrounding as well, which I really love. Um, and I love I also love it for not as much a meditation, but more uh, having an idea or something you're thinking through and yeah. taking that with you on your run mm -hmm. and just letting it sort of unwind. Um, throughout we, we talk about that a lot like well well when we, we run a lot together and we'll start with an idea it's amazing where that idea goes in 60 or 70 minutes of a run yeah. versus like if we were sitting here having a conversation you know I think often you get to a point with an idea where you're like okay that's good enough like on to the next idea but if you carry it with you on a run you know it moves around with you uh, you know you you pick it up here and drop it there and it comes back and I feel like you just get to a much more elevated space with that idea than you could possibly by just personally speaking, sitting around and having a conversation around the table. Yeah. Um, 
in a, in a typical work sense. Like often we'll jam on a work idea when we run and we're like, damn, that idea like went all the way over here yeah. and like back yeah. over here and now it's yeah. here and it's like just where that, that idea went is on its own amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I find that too. Um, I definitely find that with running as well. I find it even more if I'll go on like big hikes with a friend as well. Yeah. Because you can talk about, I mean, it, it can be work stuff, it can be whatever, but well, I mean, it can just be like topical yeah. things that, that you haven't maybe had the chance to like think through. Yeah. And now you have like six hours yeah. with somebody to be like, okay, we talked about that. Well, it's not even like planning it. It's just, it happens so organically where maybe an hour later, you're floating back to that yes. because you're just thinking about it and then yeah, yeah yeah I really love that it allows us to like process things properly I think together because yeah. yeah and you talk about it a bit too in, in in passages where it's like the world is so fast now and like in some ways running and it's a line that we love too like running is an act of rebellion against yeah, I love that against that kind of culture of like instant gratification or like you know whatever a few years ago arcade fire their big song like everything now yeah right like that yeah. that kind of like mantra of like fast make it now like just consume it and move on to the next thing like to be able to have like extended time to think and process and and talk to another yeah. person is like it's such a gift and i think we're we've lost or losing it in like the 140 character or like soundbite kind yeah. of media world that we live in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's so interesting. I, in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm like 65 because <laughs> right. I mean, especially with that kind of stuff, it's like my, my life at this point, especially is like a continue, like it's, I'm continually trying to find space and time to just like, like, can I just like not be in the world right now and enjoy it kind of thing. And like, then people are, you'll listen to something. Um, maybe it's like tech related and, Technology's great, but uh, in terms of like people's worries about AI or, or whatever in the future, and it's like, I don't even want to be a part of that. Yeah. I like this, yeah. I like this meat suit. I'll just like continue to do this. Honestly. So like oftentimes I'll just, I'll just think about like Walden's Pond, like Henry David Thoreau and just be like, that's the kind of the life I want to live. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just that, that um, I guess like duality of, of um, simplicity mm. and complexity. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think we as humans don't really, in a lot of ways, thrive in complexity uh, when it gets to be too much. Right. Um, so with, especially with running is like, that brings it and strips it all the way back to this idea of simplicity yeah. and being able to, it, it kind of links up with um, this meditation concept as well. Um, it's just, you can find really simple things in your life and dive deeper into them. Mm -hmm. There's always like layers and layers to sort of continually learn and, and experience, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is, is kind of, is part of that like rebellion thing. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, let's just play the surface on everything. Like I, I'll play the surface on, on like 10 or 15 different things instead of just being like, oh yeah, I like, my walk this morning, like I didn't actually want to walk, but like my walk this morning was the most incredible thing yes. I've ever done. Yes. There's, that's possible. Those types of experiences are definitely possible. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think it's tied to like our attention, mm -hmm. paying attention, right? You've all, you've all Harari, right? He wrote Sapiens and yeah. 20, 20, whatever, what, 21, 21 lessons from <laughs> yeah. the 21st century. Yeah. Like he talks about like the greatest commodity in today's world is our attention. Yeah. Cause like everybody's vying for it. And yeah. to be able to say, you could go on a 15 minute walk in your neighborhood. And if you do like the dramatic act of like leaving your phone at home, and just pay attention to like 
the smells and the sounds and like the birds and the wildlife, whatever you see in your neighborhood or wherever you are, it can be the most amazing experience. And you could do that walk, you know, five, six, seven times a week. And if you're like scrolling Instagram or listening to the latest podcast or album or whatever Spotify playlist was recommended to you, you miss out on so much of that. And we don't even, we don't even stop to pause to think like, oh, what, what can I be missing out on that's like just here and simple and yet so profound or so depth. So there's so much depth in it. Right. Yeah. And I think that like comes yeah. back to, to the act of, of running. It's yeah. like, like it's in light of hockey and these other sports, it's so easy. It's so yeah. simple. Yeah. And that's where there's such a power to it. Yeah. yeah. But, but going with that as well, like there's layers, which I've more recently understood about it. So it's very simple. Um, I work. I did a little bit of work with a form coach more recently. There's there is layers to this simple thing where it's it's like okay, there's there's levels to like thinking about your body as sort of an elastic band, mm-hmm. um, f- uh, working on floating and feeling light. Where are you gonna land? How are you gonna like pace something? There's there's yeah. a lot of levels to this simplicity, which I have just more recently realized too. And even with training as well and all these things, is like it's they're they're. Yeah, it, it just goes to that same idea. I don't yeah. know if you guys are you guys aware of Sam Harris? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah um, he has a he has a line uh, when he's talking about meditation, um, which goes to all of this essentially too. Where where it's like you can make something like meditation the most interesting thing in the world with your attention. Right. It's it's just the depth of of watching that breath. It's it's just the level like you were saying too, where we're noticing that attention is the commodity. It doesn't have to be a VR headset that grabs our attention. It can be something very simple like your breath or a thought, a thought, watching a thought pass through your head can actually be the game that you're playing. Yeah. Which is so fascinating because really, again, right, we're here we are, we're these modern people with like the internet in our pocket and we're walking around and we're more connected than we've ever been to people all around the world. And like, you know, in, in this room in 15 minutes, we could, without speaking to another human being, we could have Thai food, you know, whatever you like a pizza <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah. whatever tikka masala over here. Yeah, it could just show up here by a guy all through the internet. We're like in this crazy age, and yet the thing that we long for, I think, whether we're aware of it or not, is how people like used to live. Yeah, right. And yeah. and it's like it's a dramatic thing because we feel like we're on this tra- trajectory, like this progress, and like yeah. how dare we go back. Yeah. Because that's like not what we do, but internally, like we're just dying to sit by, like to like, sit by the pond. Yeah, it's funny. Like we we strive for like the new iPhone and the new like computer and all this new technology. But I always admire like when someone it's like, oh yeah, I don't run with a watch or yeah. like these like simple acts that I, I I interpret them as acts of rebellion. Like yeah, oh, you went for a run and you didn't put it on Strava or yeah. like um, you left your phone at home, like you mentioned, like disconnecting from these things that were plugged in give us the ultimate connection whether it's looking at a bird on your walk or a tree or or just being aware of our surroundings on a run um striving for these simple lives um or not a simple life but a, a simpler form of of connection i think allows all of this space for thought and creativity and um to come to our own realizations without our, our iphone telling us what we're supposed to realize mm-hmm. Um, just giving us our space for that to happen. Right. 
Yeah. I don't know. Are you guys aware of Courtney DeWalter, the runner? Yeah, I, I watched her on YouTube. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, she, I think she, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure she runs with like a Timex. Amazing. Like literally so just like good. the most base. I, I didn't run with a watch for a really long time. Yeah. Um, after even uh, the races that were in 2019, I guess. Yeah. Just because of that exact thing too. It's like, I don't really want to have, yeah. and even like I'm, I have a weird relationship even with Strava too, because like, yeah. I don't really want to hear like my splits or anything. I don't yeah. really care that much. Um, yeah. I guess like when it, when you get into a training block, a little more important, but it's like you're just going out there for yeah. the the simple joy of it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm like a total Strava junkie. Are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I find it like I find it's the one social media that inspires me because oh, I see like oh like if I saw like I'll give one of your um, Stravas that I saw that uh, I was like oh that's super cool. You you mentioned that you ran barefoot. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was like yeah. you know that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I should try that sometime. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. Like, I find Strava more aspirational. Like, I see people's cool. roots, and yeah. mm -hmm. I see people doing positive things. So yeah. I, I find that's like, I like that. Yeah, positive. But yeah. I, I do still admire people that are like, I just want for, <laughs> for a run. Yeah, or it captures I, you. Like, I find that I'll like, you become a slave to it in the sense of like, right. I'll start on a run and maybe not be feeling that great, but. I know that it's going to be posted up, and so yeah. it like in so, on one hand it's good because it motivates you, but on the other hand, if it's like maybe that's my body telling me you need to just like either take a day off or like just do a slow run. Yeah. Like who cares that this one is going to be like you know your time is going to be off and it's going to throw off your stats. Like who cares? Yeah. Right. But then it's like no, I got to push through. Like people are going to look at it. <laughs> got to get the kudos. Yeah. Like or it's if just... I pause my strap and forgot to unpause it, I'm like oh, yeah. Right? I was actually... Oh, man, I met a, I met a lady <laughs> yeah. here. I was like... I stopped at a red light a yeah. couple times. Yeah. I, met a, I met a woman this here. Is... I haven't seen her for so long. She had like a, she fell off her bike and broke her pelvis. It was dramatic. Oh, wow. I saw her walking here on the run. And I like paused my headphones and forgot to pause my watch. And I chatted with her for like 10 minutes. And then I like started to go running again. I went to unpause it. And I was like, no! Yeah, I'm not even like, going to post this. I yeah. know. Honestly, the yeah. thought went through my head. Because yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. now this 10K is going to look so slow. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's so stupid. Like, who, who cares? Yeah, the I most know, exactly, important thing yeah. was the connection I had with this person. Of course, yeah. That's yeah. what's important. Yeah. And the physical run that you just went on. And yeah. Enjoyed, you know, the fresh air and yeah. the physical movement. Yeah, and I get rattled because I forgot to pause the dumb walk. Like, it's yeah. just, yeah. I think, the, I mean, like, especially Strava's unique in that way. Like, it definitely, I know people who it can become maybe too much. Yeah. But it is unique in the sense of, uh, compared to like Instagram or Twitter or whatever it might be, because yeah. it is something inherently positive. People are moving. Yeah. And it's also interesting because you can follow like yes. a Jim Walmsley, oh who just God. set the 100, or almost set the 100K world record. I think he set the US record maybe, but ran it in like six hours, that nine was minutes or something. You can insane. just follow him on Strava and look at his training weeks, and it'll be like, oh, I yeah. put in a 160 mile week last week, and he was running at like, he ran a 20K in the mountains at like a 5.50 pace or something. You're like, how is this even possible? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. his splits, I mean, I thought that was so cool that you can see literally maybe the best modern distance runner. Yeah. And you can go look at his splits. Yeah, and like, yeah. It's just I like, I can't even oh, it's so sprint crazy. that fast. No, <laughs> yeah. We were talking about that. Yeah. Like, how yeah. many kilometers yeah. do you think you could run that fast? Yeah. I was like, what? Like yeah. 400 meters? <laughs> I, put in, I put in a mountain day the other day and I was running like, I was like pushing the pace quite a bit and yeah. it ended up being like nine minute miles. Yeah. Um, in the train, it was pretty good. Yeah. And then he, I, I follow him on Strava. Yeah. And he did something where it was like pretty, pretty similar. Yeah. And you'll look at the splits and be like, oh, that was like, surely that was flat. Yeah. But it's like, no, he had like 
4,000 feet of elevation <laughs> gain or something, and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. It's faster than it can go flat. But yeah. yeah. So um, with the barefoot run, I, mm-hmm. um, I just read um, Born to Run. I don't know if you if Oh, you yeah, I've read Born to Run. Yeah, Born to Run. Yeah, it's an amazing book. Yeah. It's amazing. Very and cool. it's totally, yeah. like, flipped my, like, perspective on, I mean, so many things, but shoes is one. Yeah. Um, so you've experimented a little bit with barefoot running. Can, yeah. you, can you talk about yeah. um, that experience, like, yeah. this, uh, this sensations you feel and and the why like why would someone run without shoes yeah um so i after my 400 mile run is when i sort of started looking at this more i had some a little bit of time off um and i was i was really interested in how can i become more efficient yeah and i started seeing people talking about barefoot running um and i knew i wasn't gonna to right to begin with i wasn't gonna like go straight into that yeah so i got a pair of Vivo, I think Vivo barefoot shoes. Yeah, uh, which is like the it's you're you are basically almost there. You can, but you can still maybe go on like gravel and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I used those for a little bit, uh, and then I did some barefoot ones as well. It's obviously way too cold now to do yeah. that, but um, yeah, I found it really interesting um, just noticing that you can't physically run. Um, anywhere really past like the middle of your foot yeah it's just not possible without or like if you're if you're not wearing shoes you can't do that yeah because um, i know a lot of people have the i'm not uh, uh expert in that field either but yeah uh, heel striking or like or stride problems yeah that does lead to injury um and that's only because they have huge stack height shoes yeah like the the nike like zoom alpha fly vapor whatever yeah um <laughs> The latest and coolest. The latest and coolest, yeah. Which <laughs> are I can cool be yours. Shoes. They are really cool shoes. Yeah. Those are really cool shoes. Um, so that's the thing I noticed immediately is like, oh, I have to run on the ball. Like right, I mean, a couple inches back on my foot, at the top of my foot kind of thing. Um, and of course, I did, I took the barefoot thing, especially with the shoes that I had, way too, like it was trial by fire again. Yeah. It was like <laughs> uh, maybe a month after uh, my passages run. Uh, I was doing it every day. Like all my runs, I was putting in like uh, maybe like seventy k weeks at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. So ten, just really trying to keep it easy. Yeah. Um, and then I started having like tendonitis on the top of my foot, <laughs> and it was like, okay, well, yeah, you can't do that every day. The guy at the running shop actually said specifically like one or one or two times a week. And yeah. in my mind, it's like more is better, so I'm obviously yeah. gonna cool, do cool. seven days a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did have. I actually, I had to take a little bit of time off running because of that. Yeah. Um, so it just wasn't smart. But uh, more recently, uh, I've, I've pull, I pulled away from it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but after that, when I could get back to running, I was, I was putting it in one or two times a week to sort of uh, get more more feel for how my running's feeling. How it, Like you have, to, you have to run a lot more lightly. Your cadence has to be way faster. Yeah. Um, I know with like high level runners, it's around 175 to 185. Yeah. So like a Jim Walmsley kind of guy, like you see his strides and it's he's floating. Yeah. It's right. crazy. Um, so I wanted to try to build that up too because it actually I think there's some research in, in injury prevention with that too when you when you uh, raise your cadence. Yeah. Um, so the barefoot definitely helped with that hmm. a lot. Um, now that I've kind of found a little more uh, consistency with my stride and form. I do wear, I like most recently got a pair of the new North Face shoes. Um, not the carbon ones, 
the ones under, and those are really nice. nice. Um, they're not super high stack, but I still have that connection to the ground, but it's not, a, it's clearly not a barefoot shoe. It's not even a minimal shoe, but I can still take the form that I, that I sort of Transfer developed over. with the, the barefoot kind of style more so. Yeah. Um, I think with the, uh, what was the book? Born to Run. Born to Run, yeah. yeah. I think with that, when you get the um, people coming out of the Copper Canyon in Mexico, like, yeah. those, those, those people have been running barefoot from the time they were born. Yes. We are used to having a lot of cushion on our shoes, so I just, I don't know that I want to spend, I'm sure it's possible, um, I've seen some, some people run pretty crazy distance, distances barefoot, but um, I don't know that I want to put my time into that. I yeah. want to just, I want to keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, and I don't really find uh, any problem with the shoes that I have. Um, I know people get weird with the new, definitely with those new like Nike style shoes where yeah. it's like, it does seem, you're like, this seems like mechanical dope. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Kind of thing. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't really care that much. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm not into that that whole style of paying $350 for a pair of shoes and then yeah, having right. them wear out really quickly. And, exactly. Yeah. A couple runs later, you yeah. can get a new pair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Nike's figured it out. Yeah, they have. <laughs> it's interesting though. I'm listening to um, "Win at All Costs." Okay. Um, inside Nike's like Deception or whatever, oh. um, and it's about uh, Salazar, yes. the coach. Uh, right. I think it was in the '90s, '80s and '90s, um, and just that all we can push that all aside. But like the shoes that they were running in were just racing flats yeah. a lot of the time, like literal race, and they were running marathons. Um, and you get guys running. Two, I think um, Salazar ran like a 208, 209 marathon yeah. in like basically nothing. Yeah. Um, so there's people in, in that side of the camp still where it's like, you need to just be a good runner, treat it like it's a, uh, like the art of running mm -hmm. instead of using these huge shoes where you can kind of just propel yourself forward yeah, at yeah. all costs. So there's, yeah. Everybody, yeah, everyone will have a different take. Of course, And yeah. you know, it's like win-win yeah. either way. It was so funny when there yeah. was like that, that conversation of like, is the IOC going to ban these shoes? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. COVID took care of that anyway. Like, yeah, exactly. Nobody yeah. ran. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, if they get banned, mm -hmm. Nike's going to the bank because everybody's going to be like, yo, the IOC and all of these governing bodies are like, it actually works. Yeah. It's making <laughs> it's you that, faster. We got to ban this good. shoe. Yeah. I was like, and it's so good. And then yeah. if, it doesn't, if, if it doesn't get banned and these people probably the top five, 10 runners are gonna be in them and everyone's gonna be like, I gotta get those shoes. Yeah, I'm like, they're winning no matter what happens, right, right? Right, right? Yeah, no, they really are. You see people running in them that, they don't, people, you don't need them. Just judging by like how they might be running when you're outside, it's like you could be wearing like a minimal shoe probably and have more benefits because you'll be strengthening your legs a little more and whatnot, but yeah. you see that on like a Kipchoge or something yeah. and then it's like, Everybody I think I'm gonna get those, yeah. 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 Kind of what you were mentioning about the barefoot running, um, when I was just chatting with my physio the other week, he's like, shoes, well, kind of like you were mentioning, we'd have to unlearn how to run and walk and everything to go barefoot, and it would be a very gradual pro progress, but he's like, the goal really is just to change your form, and you can accomplish that with shoes as well, just to can kind of heighten um, your awareness of where you need to be running if you do a couple runs without, without shoes on. Like, he kind of gave the analogy of like, my if my kid was out on if I was barefoot and my kid was running on the street how you would run barefoot to, to catch your kid or whatever you'd move quickly light footed um, and you can put your shoes back on and, and keep that same cadence or, or uh, form w with your shoes on and avoid you know the year that it might take to unlearn to run barefoot right um, 
but basically these these you know runners like Kipchoge who probably you know ran the first ten years of his life or whatever barefoot um, they're applying those those techniques with these fancy shoes on that that's more most likely their sponsors just like wear this three hundred dollar shoe so I can sell a million of them yeah of and course he'd probably still win yeah um, you know if he had a minimal shoe on and yeah set the same. Maybe yeah, not. maybe I'm totally wrong. No, I, I think you're definitely right. That's always the game. It's, I mean, sponsorships are not necessarily about the athlete. It's about selling product. Right. Yeah. So what are you going to do? But, I mean, yeah, if you watch somebody like like Kipchoge's form even too, it's, I mean, the guy's, the, his heel is like hitting his butt because yeah. his stride's so long. Yeah. Um, and he's basically, I mean, he's like 125 pounds kind of yeah. floating on the pavement. So I don't think it's necessarily it's not just, shoe. It's not just It's not just It's not just the shoe. Yeah. 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 I know. I t- last summer I came across Tony Riddle on, okay, uh, yeah. on yeah, yeah. Ritual uh, podcast, yeah. and they had a little video, and he was like showing showing Rich like how to run, and he's he's definitely like a barefoot, like rewild your life kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and I tried it a little bit, and it I totally wrecked myself because I had like uh, an Achilles rupture, so my right my right leg is still like way less developed now than it used to be, right. and so I did a, a kilometer run uh, barefoot. And felt pretty good, and it totally, you're exactly right, changes how you run. But then for like two and a half days, I, I could barely walk because it exposed how weak I was, right? Because you had to be on your the, the balls of your feet, and like it's all your calf muscles, everything. I was like, oh my gosh, like I've been running now for a couple of years after this injury, totally thinking, like, oh, I'm totally back. And that exposed, like, no, I'm not. Like, I need to really keep working on that. So it's like interesting that it can expose, like, how we can change our form and then since then i've totally changed the way i've ran it's to good, be yeah. way more um just like for, based based on his principles of like be forward it's like you're falling and don't think about putting your foot down think about like pulling it off yeah. and that has like changed yeah and i've been way less hurt running yeah. that way which is like wow what yeah. a surprise that's how we're built to run yeah exactly i think that is interesting because it's not necessarily i think there is like the maybe most like optimal form but it's it's almost just the mindset of thinking of yourself um, propelling forward as like an elastic band and having that elastic just thinking like elastic 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 like I often think that it's yeah. not even necessarily like a something you can dial in completely but it's it's more it is more of a feeling yeah um, and I love like when I kind of align those I align that mindset with that my actual like running totally feels well incredible. like I'm not the lightest runner out there right so yeah so oftentimes when I'm running and I start to feel fatigued or whatever I just like tell myself like think light be light think light yeah. be light and <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like yeah. trying to remind yeah, yeah, myself yeah, yeah. like don't land yeah. heavy all the time yeah. right because it's like it's it doesn't go well yeah and then it doesn't it change it, that thought changes the way you are acting in the world of course which yeah. is a metaphor for yeah, all of life of course, right? yeah. how we think it impacts how we act so that's cool. So, okay, you've got the 400-mile passage done. Yep. Um, whether it's running or outside of running, um, like you said, you're a trial-by-fire kind of guy. Um, <laughs> what, what's, uh, what's on the bucket list? What are you working on? Um, so I was going to start working with a coach um, for the next year at least. Yeah. Uh, and I had a phone conversation with him the other day. Um, and I, I'll probably end up doing a couple races this year because there's going to be some races um, – more locally because I'm not going to be able to fl- I mean I, you can fly but there's so many weird regulations happening right yeah. now um, so anything out of Canada is just not going to happen I don't think in 2021 um, so I have I'm going to redo that Whistler race yeah. in September that's a 100 miler um, and then I'll do a 100 there's a 100k race in Alberta as well yeah I'm going to uh, sign up for that as well 
in July. Um, and those are the two. Uh, I'm on a wait list for a couple other ones, but I'm gonna keep it kind of light. His, his, um, his whole idea was to kind of have some things that I could do this year that would keep me like motivated. Yeah. Um, like the can he, he said like give you some candy kind of thing. Yeah. He said it's it's more interesting to think about two to three years down the line um, to see where like your potential even lies because yeah. I've not been at running that long either. Yeah. Um, so to maybe plan out further and then be able to maybe do something like a. Uh, UTMB or like Western States or something cool. that kind of deal That'd be amazing. Um, yeah. yeah so it's kind of taken the like a little more long-term thinking on it yeah. uh, which is cool um, yeah see where I go with that so so when you run 100k in a day do yeah. you find your like your mental state kind of uh, mirrors like the ups and downs of a trail like do you are you are you running high the whole time are there are there just as many lows or highs when, in, in over that kind of duration Right. Uh, yeah, I guess because yeah, yeah, if, if you can do something like that, even like a 50 or K or 50 miler where it can be done in the day. Yeah. Um, I think it's, there's, there's so many differences um, in terms of, of the pace that you're going to be pushing. Um, and then, yeah, obviously the daylight, uh, your exertion level, because then maybe at like a 50, a 50K might be pushing the pace for going like for like a four and a half hour kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, that's almost, I mean, you're getting close to what a lot of people do for like just a street marathon. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so it's much more of that, like, this is a race. Yeah. Uh, whereas you get up to the hundred mile distance past that even. Yeah. It's way more of, there's so many more variables. You don't know how your body's going to react uh, when the night comes or, I mean, even nutrition as well. Yeah, right. You're kind of just throwing stuff into your body. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for, for like 100K or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think past the, the like halfway point is when it would just, it just starts getting more difficult. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it is kind of like, it does maybe have, you have those like, those, depends on the race too, but like the pitfalls or the, the sort of like low moments, maybe halfway through the race or something like that, you have some climbing. Yeah. Um, I had that with like a 50k run too where like feeling really good and kind of forgetting a little bit about uh, maybe I forgot some gels or something or some nutrition uh, for like an hour whatever it might be and then hitting a, a climb and then having my legs just start cramping out like yeah. crazy um, I had that happen and a guy that was we were in like I was in second he was kind of like right behind me uh, and he had salt pills on him this was like a pretty early on race for me as well I didn't even have, I didn't have a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he gave me some of his uh, electrolyte, like salt pills. And it literally, it like instantly almost remedied the thing. Yeah. yeah. And then I just kept going. He's like, okay, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm not going to catch you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, That's awesome. Yeah. So there's, I mean, for me, like being pretty young in the sport too, like there's all those things to learn about as well. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that with, with something like that, it's like not something you can, foresee happening necessarily yeah. um and that i think that can happen at any distance like i've seen that with people on uh like a road marathon yeah at like the 21k point yeah where they're like i don't i think i just blew like a gasket i think i'm done yeah. and they just like pull out of the road marathon like, yeah can you just like grind it out yeah. yeah but it is also the level of um i can't really speak for myself with this because i'm not at that level but guys that are at like the elite level um if they're running at at a certain pace and these just start petering out they don't have anything left in the gas tank. Yeah. They're not one of they're not one of the people that's like, okay, I'm shooting for like a 
30 hour 100 mile yeah. they're shooting for like a 14 hour 100 mile yeah. so they're pushing the pace yeah so if anything kind of goes wrong even slightly it it's might just, just be done they're not gonna make mm -hmm. it yeah 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 that's wild mm -hmm. that, that's i feel like uh I feel like you'll be back. We'll, we'll have you back, and yeah. you'll like there'll be some more stories to tell. Yeah, about yeah some yeah. epic runs. Yeah, definitely. I have some. I don't know if you guys do trail runs out in like Vancouver area, um, but I want to try and set like do some FKTs in the summertime oh, cool. as well. Yeah. Um, Which ones are you thinking about? I want to try and um, jump on the Baden Powell because I've been running on it a yeah. lot recently. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, I mean, it's really fast too. Yeah. Like I think. Uh, the Nienacker course runs through there. Yep. Yeah. I think the, the course record is like four and a half hours, nice. which is very fast. So fast. I don't know that I'm going to be able to do that, but I want to jump on it anyways. Go for some. Um, How Sound Crest Trail yeah. looks like a really fun one as well. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've done it, but pushing like a speed yeah. kind of record on that would be really fun. Um, I was looking at um, the Great Divide Trail. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. I've no. seen it for cycling. Uh, so that's that's the uh, sorry yeah that's the Great that... Divide um, yeah the Great Divide goes from the states all the way down to Mexico yeah um, that sorry that's the Continental Divide okay the Great Divide I'm getting the mix up in my mind the Great Divide is uh, it is up in um, northern Alberta and it okay. crosses over the BC Alberta border all the way down to the U.S. border okay. oh wow and it goes to like Jasper and Banff. And a bunch of parks, cool. uh, and I was looking at that, yeah. Uh, and I had all these things uh, planned out. And the the coach that I was talking with was like, "I think you need to, <laughs> like, it's very." He's like, "This is all going to happen in a short period. Like, you're not going to be able to do the races and stuff." Yeah. But he is actually potentially looking at doing that. Um, it's like a really wild, huh. wild route. No, like I'm one kidding. of like I think people have, who have hiked it. Yeah. Um, say like this is the wildest route that you can do basically in the world wow because it's wow. you're properly in the mountains you're way up there yeah. you're way up there uh it's a 1200 kilometer Damn. uh trail and some of it i think you have to like actually navigate yourself and stuff as well so yeah. maybe in the future yeah. <laughs> but it looks really cool oh man yeah um that that would be like, yeah <laughs> passages part two <laughs> passages <laughs> right? gotta, i would i would love to yeah i'd love to um, cause I mean, I don't, have you guys heard of like the Appalachian trail, yeah, the, yeah. the PCT and stuff as well? Yeah. That stuff looks really cool. Um, but I think something like that way up North is like a very Canadian, Canadian route, like wild, wild, like they have grizzlies and yes. the whole like, like bighorn sheep and all that kind of yeah, stuff yeah. up there. So it's really cool. That would be amazing. Um, yeah. Are you interested in doing any of the, the kind of more ancient ritualistic running passages that have happened in other cultures like the there's that one in japan where the uh the monks will run for like ten, yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 years or yeah. whatever or, that um, uh th I, that kind of got me really interested in this whole thing actually funny um that you said that was uh the marathon monks yeah yes and i think it's i don't know how to pronounce it uh, i think it's mount hyai okay in japan yeah and, and don't uh, they run for like 10 years straight yeah so i actually uh a therapist that i was seeing yeah uh we were just chatting through all this stuff about like challenge and and like just the general idea of like some of the things that I was wanting to do at the yes. time. And she was like, this, I think this would really resonate with you. So she, I got it, like went and got that book. What's the um, book called? I don't even know. It's the Marathon Monks. The Marathon Monks. Okay. Uh, okay. Now, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. It's a list. Yeah, it's a list. <laughs> yeah no, it's cool. It's more of like, it's a little bit bigger and it ha definitely has like pictures and stuff. It's quite short, um, yeah. the read. But yeah, they, it's like 
seven years, I believe. Wow. And they're running anywhere from like 40 to 80K a day. And if um, they don't make it, don't they like take their lives? Ritualistically, yeah, yeah. I don't know that they do that anymore. I'm right. not sure. But traditionally. Speaking. Traditionally. And then, um, so they're doing like 40 to 80K a day in these uh, woven slippers, basically. Wow. Um, like straw. Uh, and it's more of like walk. But yeah. it's still, the spirit is there. It's very, very intense and crazy. Wow. And at the end, they do a, I believe it's a 10-day fast. At yeah. the end? Yeah. After you've, like, just to yeah. cap it all like, off. Well, yeah, people have, died, people have died doing that, for sure. Like, fast. the 10-day fast, um, which is crazy. And the whole time, they're they're eating, like, apples and rice. And, yeah. like, really, really simple. just simple, if, like, not very much. Yeah. Which is, it's interesting, because you'll see how some of them look. Yeah. And they're not skinny. Yeah, their body, so it's, their body's adjusted. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. To like all that exercise and the very low calorie intake. Interesting. And it, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Do you see like the thirty one hundred in New York? Have you seen that one? Yeah, what's that one totally called? Uh, Self Transcendence Race. Yeah, yeah. Race. Really, really, just really around the yeah. Wow. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I would ever want I'd to. I'd probably do lose my mind. Oh that. my god. We were talking. We, we have this like a five hundred or five hundred meter loop, like right where we live. Okay. And we're like, what if we just did this, like. <laughs> To try to hit like 25k or something and I'm like oh my god like part of me is like yeah. that sounds so absurd yeah. like let's do it but yeah, then, yeah, like, yeah but I wonder if there is like a trance like state if you like cause you kind of lose like lose your sense of time and place if you're just like seeing the same corner over and over again I wonder if it's I mean you'd have to otherwise you'd go kind of loopy I mean, yeah. Good I mean, pun. I feel like you have to be a loopy to try it yeah. in the first place. No, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually. Um, I don't know. I feel like you'd have to, like, almost go into, like, how people, you were saying before, uh, like, people are doing, like, like cannabis and fueled run, or infused right. runs or, like, even psych maybe psychedelic, like, people are doing microdosing and stuff. Like, yes. I, I'd almost have to go to that level, I think, yeah. because just the sheer monotony of that yeah. is, like, almost terrifying. The same like, yeah. loop, yeah. Even, yeah, I've, I've tried. I've done, like, a maybe bigger distance um like you were saying even like 20k 25k around a 400 or like 500 meter loop or track yeah and it's like that is daunting actually yeah because you start getting in your head and you're like that's what yeah, <laughs> that's I, mean, what, we do, we I don't want to do hours. that many loops like people do 24 hours around tracks too yes. yeah you break that down at the end you're like they did a thousand loops. <laughs> like, yeah. dave goggins yeah. style like, yeah. yeah 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 um are there other rituals that you other running rituals from other cultures that you inspired you in the in the process like the one we mentioned japan or any other um like the um what's the group in the born to run the uh, oh, tarahumara yeah. or like other cultures that you looked at that used running as a as a ritualistic right. passage i from that born to run book and the tarahumara like that whole uh, the whole ethos around and how running was built into the culture yeah. was really cool because I'll sometimes find myself the one kind of key takeaway for me from that was just infusing everything that you do and especially this with just joy and like finding yourself on a trail I had that the other day where I actually did have that thought and you kind of just like have a, you just have a smile mm -hmm. like, this is fun yeah. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't have to be especially like um, with any sport too if you start doing things at maybe a higher level, can kind of feel. I had that with hockey, where it starts to feel like your your career, your job. Yeah. Um, but just stepping back from that, being like, oh, I want to do this, so it's yeah. fun. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah and they yeah. had crazy results um, at like Leadville Hundred. 
right. uh, the 100 mile race like, yeah. and running barefoot exactly. and just smiling and laughing the whole time. And right. it's one of the hardest races in the States. So. Well, they like did, they did a little bit of it in shoes, like someone gave yeah. them shoes and then they like, <laughs> take them all off and yeah. keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they put on their little, uh, the little their like, tar, yeah. the car tire. Yeah, yeah. Sla- slippers. Yeah. Sandals, yeah. Amazing. Which is crazy. Yeah, that, that would be another one for sure. Um, but not too much past that. Yeah. Um, I just love the like space that it offers in general. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah. mentioned uh, psychedelics. There, have you ever like mixed any like microdosing or any of that into your running practice or meditation practice or any of that? Um, I've tried um, microdosing with uh, psilocybin before in yeah. running, but yeah. I don't. I like for, like I've there's a lot of and same with C- CBD, yeah. and I don't want to discount people's first-hand experience with those things, yeah. but at the same time, yeah. I'm also very much so uh, on the logical end of, end of the spectrum where I want to yeah. see a paper, yes. like a peer-reviewed paper on it, yeah. and there isn't really anything with, yeah. with especially with running with that, but even yeah. with um, a lot of people go, oh, it helps with creativity. Yeah. I don't know how to quantify that, so yeah. it's tough, um, but I mean, I, yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. I've tried it. Yeah. I have tried it. Um, I haven't done anything with cannabis. Um, the edible kind of arena would be the only thing I would ever think of doing and yeah. running because yeah. I don't really want to have smoke in my lungs. And like, yeah. that does seem like I've heard people that are like smoking a joint before they go on a run. And that doesn't yeah. really seem like something I'd like necessarily, just cause it is this and you might see other health benefits with it. It's not, Yes. it's still smoke going yeah. into your lungs. Awesome. So I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. It'd be interesting as things are legalized now. If, what research kind of shows itself and yeah no for sure i think um interestingly actually with the psychedelics too um the the whole like arena with it right now is very interesting yes. and i have friends that'll text like papers in a group chat and stuff yeah and, and you go a little bit deeper into it and of course there's more layers to the just being like oh if you take five grams of mushrooms you're yeah. gonna like cure your oppression and it's it's yeah. deeper than that you there are a lot of those those studies have Therapists involved right. for multiple sessions. There's a lot of things happening. Yeah, but to I do one spoke. Of course, yeah. yeah. But I do one of the interesting things that I would draw uh, a parallel to, even with my running experience and with other people maybe uh, pursuing like a rite of passage. Yeah, is uh, the psychedelic experience and then looking at the scale that they've created called the mystical uh, type experience scale, which is more of like this feeling of oneness that people feel and and sort of like connecting with a God type entity or something like that. And then that being one of the most important parts of their psychedelic experience. Right. Um, and a lot of these people have had, they've quit smoking after 15 years of quitting smoking from that they, they see that part of the experience being very integral. Right. Um, and I see my own experience with, it's, it's not uh, induced by anything uh, outside, Yes. but it's a very big, experience where I'm changing or the world or whatever my movement and the world is changing my perception in real time as well because I'm having I was up for the majority of like four or five days you have sleep deprivation going on yes you have the sheer distance and like the flow that you might be finding from the run as well um and you're getting a weird sort of like just like pot of perceptual change which happens with psychedelic experiences as well um, and there can be passages in both, whether it's like exactly, yeah. or ayahuasca yeah. or, you know, yeah. there is that ritualistic yeah. Uh, aspect. Yeah, and I think that the, the possibility for uh, sort of like a big change to come out of, sometimes it doesn't have to be 
a bunch of things. It can be one moment that sort of provides the shift for you yeah. uh, in your life, what, whatever it might be. So if it's like quitting smoking with psychedelics, it's like maybe it was that experience and it wasn't only that, it, it pushed you forward yeah. to doing other behaviors, but it was that experience that was very integral. And for me, even with this running, whole running experience uh, with passages, it was very um, illuminating as well. And it was just the one moment. It just, one moment can illuminate a lot of things in your life for you, yeah. which I find interesting, the kind of parallel between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, and you even said, like, this, the, the run, the passages run was, like, a big growth moment. Yeah. Right? And so, like, to say that that's, that's, part, that's part of it, like, this whole experience wasn't just, like, punctilier, like, okay, you did the run and now it's done and here's the takeaways, like, but it contributed to, like, your whole growth as a person. And I always think of like, not to, not to belittle someone's experience with like a psychedelic or even cannabis or anything, but to me, it, it always seems like you, you really like worked for it. Like you really worked for it. And so it's hard to qualify or quantify like other people's experiences against our own. But in a sense, it's like you earned what you got versus maybe someone who like took a psychedelic and had some really meaningful outcome but like 400 miles yeah. of like <laughs> yeah. suffering, yeah. right? It's yeah, yeah. like different than, you know, taking one, one like pill or whatever or hit and, and feeling like, oh, it changed me, which maybe is very true. Yeah. But like to say, no, this was a huge growth experience that was, is, was and is bigger than just like one moment. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that too. And that's how I think about those things. That's why I like doing some of these things that require more than just, the popping something into your mouth and and having an experience which is great too yeah but something like that requires planning and then training and then setting an intention and then following through that intent with with that intention um and then completing the actual thing in the in the moment of the the turmoil and, and all that as well right so it, yeah i mean you're you're definitely earning your experience which, yeah yeah and it, it kind of goes all the way back to almost even uh, thinking about masculinity and what is manhood and 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 our finding our own rites of passage is with that compared to something that requires just a decision to do it rather than this thing that you have to sort of build yourself complete and then at the end you find this self-efficacy almost yeah. where it's and that's the 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 part for me that is is that links to the, the idea of masculinity or manhood is like, I want to be self-efficacious. I want to be able to do the things I say I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that definitely ties into the difference between the two. For sure. Yeah. Well, that's great. Do you have any other questions or directions you want to go? We could do a little bit of rapid fire. Let's do, yeah, you up for some rapid fire? <laughs> sure, let's Okay. <laughs> rapid fire is just fun. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm into it. Well, a few little takeaways yeah, for like whoever's like listening. It. Yeah. Um, one that I'm always like personally interested in, like, you know, say you get uh, Secret Santa and you pull someone's name, there's always like a book that you think of that like, this is the book that I gift people. Uh, what, what's like a book that you would recommend um, that's your like go-to gift? You know, I'm gonna give you this book and it's gonna, there's gonna be some great takeaways for you, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Right. Um, I've gifted, I love, I love books. I have, like I'll buy, I just love having physical books yeah. in general too, so Same. I just have them all over the place. I've gifted two books um, to multiple friends. Uh, one is, a, uh, it's called Awareness 
the opportunities and perils of reality. And it's really cool. Um, it's, it's like a Christian mystic who's from India. Um, and it's, it's just very like direct and a slap in the face, but very uplifting. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is the war of art. Okay. Because I, my girlfriend actually is a trained dancer and then she is an actor uh, now as well. So, and a lot of our friends are in that world. Uh, and I find with a lot of those people, uh, there's a lot of procrastination happening. And this one is very much so about beating uh, resilience. Okay. Mm. So I'll gift that a lot as well. Yeah. Because I've I've read it before, and it just those those short books that give you a quick like punch and just burst of just oh yeah I'm gonna go out and do that. Yeah. Uh, so I like gifting those. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, as it sounds like you're an avid reader, are there any other books that have been kind of profound to your development in life that you would uh, recommend you know people read? Uh, one of, like my favorite book, uh, which might not have a, a bunch of key takeaways for everybody, is is a book that I read when I was traveling. Uh, is called The Red Book okay. by Carl Jung. Okay, and it's like a really cool, uh, almost like it's like written word, and then like he has conversations back and forth with basically like a prophet in the desert. Yeah, uh, and then it inner kind of has all these like interweavings of his psychology and all that kind of stuff in there as well, but more like story oriented, which is quite cool. So it's it's very much so based around the like uh, coming to grips with yourself, uh, looking yourself in the eyes, uh, exploring that darkness and that lightness and the, mm -hmm. all those kind of themes. So I, I love that book a lot. Very cool. It's really cool. Um, go to podcasts. I like Rich Roll a lot. Yeah, I haven't listened. I haven't been listening to a ton recently. Um, I used to listen to Rogan a lot. Yeah, uh, he made the switch to Spotify. Yeah, and I haven't been like I don't really listen to stuff on Spotify that much. Oh, that's so, so funny. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of people are kind of weirded out with that. Yeah. Um, I listen to uh, your mom's house podcast. Okay, it's a comedy podcast. Yeah. So it depends on what you're into. It's the comedian Tom Segura, and uh, yeah. And his wife. Okay. And they're both comedians. Uh, cool. What's what's once we're all allowed to travel the world again? Where, where's somewhere on your bucket list that you want to go to? Um, I want to go back. I've been to uh, Peru. Yeah. I went there for like about two months. Yeah. Uh, and I want to go do like some other countries in South America. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably Colombia or Chile. Yeah. Yeah. And then flipping that, what's one of your favorite places that you've traveled to? I really like Peru. Yeah. Uh, I really like Bali too. Yeah. I surf. Yeah. So Bali was like really fun. I stayed there for a month nice. and just surfed every day, cool. which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, trail or road? Trail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's obvious for anybody else. <laughs> yeah. 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 You got some dude? desert. What's your desert island album? Desert. No, it just played in my mind. Yeah, really. <laughs> you deserted on island. Deserted, yeah. deserted island <laughs> playlist. No, it rolled off your tongue really well. Yeah. I just like my brain was desert like, island. Yeah. Is it a mirage? Um, this island's a desert. So the one that you're it's true. speaking. Of. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. I would uh, probably any album by the Growlers. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's like beach bum kind of uh, like lo-fi garage rock. What's their What's their big song? They, don't they have a song that's on any album? You're probably like all of them. There's a <laughs> it's song tough because I'm a yeah, I'm a fan. Too. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna be able to come up with it. Yeah. All right. You're obviously a fashionable guy. Uh, fashion inspiration. Fashion inspiration. Oh 
Oh, could be man. David Bowie. Could be yeah. Uh, I love Lenny Kravitz's look. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, Lenny Kravitz and uh, Jason Momoa has a good look too. Actually, cool. It's much more geared down, I guess. Though, yeah. but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When people watch your your passages, maybe they watched it already because we told them to at the beginning yep. of the podcast. Yeah, um, like you, you bring an aesthetic into running, which is <laughs> yeah. which is cool. That's what I I love. I I strongly dislike the running aesthetic other yeah. than a few brands yeah um out there i just i really dislike the like the cut of a lot of things and the color choices yeah brand all that kind of stuff yeah. so okay uh, a couple couple running brands you want to give shout outs to that are doing yeah. it right yeah i love satisfy you guys are into them too big time uh district vision is yeah. another really good one i like that um and they're a little bit smaller which is really cool yeah, yeah. um so you're supporting some more like independent designers yeah a little more expensive but you definitely get what you pay for mm-hmm. yeah. um, i think they're both satisfies made in europe yeah in paris i believe and district vision is actually like produced in the states yeah rather than uh, across across the world so yeah designed in the usa cool. made somewhere yeah of course it's made. actually fully made in yeah. the states which is cool and both brands kind of like mix the running culture meditation mindfulness like they, they gravitate towards a lot yeah and, and music sat- all yeah it satisfies really a little cool, punk yeah. rock which is yeah. dope oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh dinner you got any uh favorite favorite like post race meal what do you want to crush after you've, you've got that uh after my passages run i went to uh w and got like four beyond meat burgers small town w's in every small yeah, town yeah yeah every oh it is yeah every city like every city we passed through some of them i'd never heard of yeah w um and i had like two orders of onion rings nice. and like just so much stuff let's get the calories um, yeah my my brother's girlfriend made a literal box of cookies and I ate them in a day so that was amazing too I think anything after that much depletion is the best thing you've ever tasted yeah no kidding I I love that part of a run or a long bike ride where you start or hike or where you start to fantasize about like the next meal yeah 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 you're like I'm gonna have two pizzas when I get home (laughs) get a pint of ice cream like yeah it's the best Uh, any poets that you admire poets I don't know if I'm going to be able to think of any off the top of my head. That's right. To be honest. I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily read poetry a ton. Yeah, yeah. Or spoken um, word or anything Spoken like word. Um, I listened to, actually, because I wanted to get some inspiration for how to even put something like spoken word together. Yeah. Um, I listened to Lana Del Rey's spoken word album that oh, she no put way. out on uh, as an audiobook. Oh, that's and cool. And I thought that was a really interesting medium. Huh. Um, it wasn't exactly my style. Yeah. But I loved the... The idea and, and like how she put it out. I think it was like half an hour long. Cool. Yeah, I have to check. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All Make right, it so her own lane. Yeah, yeah. So if um, you know if people don't know where to find you yet, you know if, if you want them to find you. Yeah, yeah, You can connect with Alyssa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where, where can they look you up? Um, I'm ju- I'm just on Instagram, so it'll just be Aust A U S T Beatenbeck B I E T E N B E C K. Sweet. And what's your uh, YouTube channel? Um, it is Austin uh, Beatenbeck, same last name. Okay. That's yeah, just nice. simple. Cool. I don't really put stuff out on YouTube other than this video. Yeah. I'm not a YouTuber, so. <laughs> yeah. So we have, I think, the trailer of the video up there. Yeah. Nice. Um, which is cool. Maybe some future stuff that's, yeah. that'll be similar to that, but I don't really post any. I'm not doing vlogs or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. F- future passages. Future passages. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I hope so, because honestly, like, it, obviously 
it was inspiring all, all parts of it so cool to see your story and like it was shot so well so was it Megan kudos Megan Gyps yeah yeah kudos Megan to Gips her for shooting that as well, yeah. editing like it was so yeah. well done she killed it yeah definitely um, I think in the future with that kind of stuff we want to have be able to have some actual like right there like drone stuff and like uh, following more closely yeah but with the limited resources we had and she was the only one shooting she did an incredible job oh yeah and the sure. edit she did was amazing too so yeah yeah i'm really thankful for that kudos to her yeah. she did a great job yeah looks great yeah the story is awesome thank you very and, much. and it's it's a it's a half hour and it feels like when when it got to the end i was like wow that would I want more. Like it was <laughs> just, awesome. it was so well done. That's awesome. Not Thank that it, not that it felt too short, but right. it just yeah, like yeah. the story was so compelling and yeah. yeah, no, it was it was really good, really enjoyable. So make sure if you haven't already, check it out. And uh, yeah, cool. Well, thank you for joining us yeah. and uh, coming down to our cozy corner here in Steveston. Yeah, it's and, awesome. Thank uh, you for having me. We look forward to following your your journey online, and hopefully, uh, we'll join you for some runs in uh, in real life. That'd be awesome. In the future yeah. as well. Yeah. I'd love that. And uh, definitely keep us posted on uh, future future adventures. And, of course, we'd love to have you back on to, to share those as well. Definitely. Right on. Cool. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, Thanks, thank you. Austin. What did you guys think? That was a good one. Man, I, I told you, Austin is just the best. What a guy. Yeah. So inspiring uh, to not only just, like, chat with him, but to... Uh, to be in the presence of someone who accomplishes really cool things and is very humble about it. Um, and is just like so diverse in his gifting, right? From athleticism to it's kind of like deep wisdom and openness to new ideas and learning and, and being grounded in, in just the ability to see yourself really authentically for what you are. Um, and want to continue to push the envelope and grow beyond that. I just think it's so rad. I feel like he's on a path of doing big things and I feel like he's just getting started with his with his running journey. Like I feel like he's gonna be one of those household names like a Killian Jornet or yeah. something like that. Uh, that uh, everybody's gonna be be knowing totally. just down the line. Totally. And he's got lots of time, right? Like he, ultra runners often peak later in life uh, he's got lots of time he's putting in tons of work now uh, even since even since the podcast like since we recorded um so it'd be cool they just continue to track him kind of in all in all aspects so we really hope you enjoyed that episode hope that it was an inspiration to you whether it's like you want to get out and run your first 5k uh, or you know conquer a distance that you've never conquered before or get out into the trails um we just hope that that was that was an inspiration for you what do you say dean it's it's not the impossible what's your your, your oh, catchphrase yeah. here <laughs> it only seems impossible until it isn't right there we go 100k yeah. runs boom so go check out if you haven't already passages on youtube uh, by austin it's a beautiful short film that documents that run that we talked about um and will serve as even more inspiration for you to get onto the trails and uh, enjoy enjoy all that the uh, the outdoors has to offer us on two feet all right well as always thanks for listening uh if you could give us a follow on spotify review us on apple wherever you uh, listen to the pod it'd be a huge help we really really appreciate each and every one of you taking time to either just click you know the stars 
or uh, even type in a review. It means it means a great deal to us. So really, really appreciative of your time and your attention and your willingness to just hang with us. So thanks again, friends. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.